Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome on and all to week three of Octoberama, brought to you by the Grave Plot Podcast. I thought there was going to be a sponsor there, and I was going to be like, wait, what? <laughs> um, week three is Week of the Devil. Seinfeld. I didn't have that queued up properly. No, you I didn't. I apologize. I thought that that was the part where he started with the devils, but then it was the whole thing with the car. I'm sorry. I fucked it up. <laughs> Fucking guy. <laughs> this is why we don't give Taylor responsibilities. <laughs> um, so how you doing, Taylor? Oh, I'm doing quite well. Yeah? No. No? But I mean, I'm fine. <laughs> I'll make it. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like... I think Taylor needs some help, guys. <laughs> He's feeling a bit down about himself and his tiny little penis. No, I'm, I'm confident with my tiny little penis. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, pull the curtain back a little bit here. We're recording this well in advance. I think when this comes out, you're actually on vacation. Uh, one of us is, at least. So, yeah, we said before, we're both going on separate vacation. Well, we don't go on vacation together. That's, that's a little weird. We have. <laughs> we have before, but we, we wouldn't talk about it anymore. See what I did there? Yeah. I made it weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm going to L.A. for about a week. You're going to Colorado for, we've talked about this before. Yeah. Um. But basically, so I'm probably in Colorado right now. Yeah. You could be, yeah. Uh, and we're kind of bookending the month almost. So, I mean, like you're, you're. I guess you're gone like what a week before the end of. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, likely he's on vacation right now, and I'm sitting back drinking wine. You don't drink wine. No, I don't drink wine. You don't drink anything but whiskey. That's true. I don't. You need to expand your horizons. No, every time I expand my horizons, it's a bad, bad deal. <laughs> I don't expand my horizons anymore. I'm too old to expand my horizons. Um. Anyway, so yeah, week of the devil. Um. This is our our alternating week in um, October Rama that we decided on the this float year. Week, huh? The float week. Sure. Yeah. Flex week. Yeah. I mean, we'll have our, our standard week of the zombie, week of the vampire. Um, and Halloween episode. Those are those will be our commonplace. Sometimes October has five weeks. Yeah, it did the first time we did Octoberama. Right, that was an endurance trial. <laughs> um, and you know, I, I imagine it'll have that eventually again, and we'll figure something out for our steady fourth week. But this is our, like Taylor said, our float week, where we're going to be changing the theme every year. We did. Um, they said the first year there was two, and we did werewolves and monsters. Right. Last Lash- year we did slashers. Did we do slashers last year? Yeah. Because we did uh, Friday the 13th, 6, and The Burning. God, was that last October? Yeah. That seems so much more recent than that. <laughs> wow. Okay. 
So yeah, year of this or week of the slasher then, and so this year, week of the devil, and basically that implies that anything having to do with uh, the devil, Satanism, possession, anything of that, basically religious horror. Yeah, more or less. For intents and purposes. So we picked two movies to go along with that. Two classics. Two classics, yeah. Well, yeah. Yours is probably more of a classic than mine. but We should put it out there that both these movies are are older. They're both uh, past our 10-day, our or 10-day, ten, <laughs> 10 uh, 10-year moratorium on spoilers. Right. So we're going to spoil the dick out of these. Right. I'm going to intentionally spoil shit. I'm going to tell you stuff you didn't even know. <laughs> probably not. Taylor's got the inside on all the movies. Um, I watched the commentary. <laughs> no, I did not do that. No, you didn't. Um, Ain't nobody got time for that. My brother did. It's only like one movie I've ever watched with commentary. Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah. So... What movies did we do, Taylor? Uh, we did The Omen and The Exorcist 3. Right. So, um, Even though we've never done The Exorcist. What's that? We've never done The Exorcist. No, we haven't. And I considered doing it, this one. but And we're never going to do The Exorcist 2. Because it's awful. Oh. The Heretic. The, right, the number two. Uh, I thought you meant as well. Um, no. Yeah, no. Fuck <laughs> no. The Heretic. We'll get into that later, though. The Heretic. Yes. The heretic. All the different ways of pronouncing <laughs> it. Yes. Thank you. So, um, which one do you want to start out with? Um, since I just watched it this morning, let's do The Exorcist 3. All right. Okay, so The Exorcist 3 is obviously the second sequel to the original Exorcist. It came out in 1990. This movie was written and directed by William Peter Blatty. So the guy that wrote the Exorcist books, well, The Exorcist and the book this was based on, Legion, uh, he wrote those. 
So my personal opinion is that this is more of a true representation of his books than even the original Exorcist. The Exorcist was pretty close. Um, I mean, he did write the screenplay for The Exorcist. Right, but he didn't direct it. Right. Um, this was actually a, a quite a bit different um, than the than uh, Blatty's original release, or cut, I should say. Um, this was released by Morgan Creek. Um, it was different than the original two, which was Warner Brothers, I believe. Um, and Morgan Creek want like he didn't want to call it The Exorcist Three because The Exorcist Two sucked so bad. <laughs> like he didn't want it associated with that, so he just wanted to call it Legion, like the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and Morgan Creek said, "No, we're going to call it The Exorcist Three, um, and we're going to add all these scenes in." including the very end, um, which we'll talk about later. Um, anyway, so the movie uh, focuses on uh, Lieutenant Kinderman uh, and, to a lesser extent, Father Dyer, who are both characters that were in The First Exorcist, played by different people. But Was the- Father Dyer the like kind of reddish-haired guy? In which movie? In the orig- the first Exorcist. He was the guy that, after uh, Father Karras fell to the bottom of the stairs, he was the one that gave him his final rites. Okay. That was Father Dyer. That guy is a real priest. Yes, he is. At Fordham University. Really? Yep. Huh. I didn't realize they had filmed parts of The Exorcist at Fordham. Neither did I. I thought the, they- the sleep studies parts and all the parts in the bedroom were all filmed at Fordham. Really? So I was told. Interesting. By Fordham aloneness. <laughs> I wonder who. Um, no, I thought that was all filmed at, like in and around Georgetown. Apparently not. Interesting. <clears throat> anyway. Um, and also, yeah. Uh, Kinderman. Kinderman was played by George C. Scott. He was played by, um, fuck, I forget his name. Something Cobb. Ty. Nope, not Ty Cobb. Randall. Not, nope. Anyway, um, so they're friends, and they are both kind of grieving over the anniversary of the death of Father Karras. Now, I don't remember them being, like, especially Kinderman and Karras being such close friends. Yeah, I just remember Kinderman, like, offering to take him to the movies... Yeah, but yeah, in this he talks about how they were like best friends. Yeah, and he, like he actually said, I loved him. So I, I don't know. Maybe that was just the difference between the Exorcist book and the movie. Could be. And yeah, I don't know. Um, and I don't remember Kinderman and Dyer being friends either. In fact, I don't remember Dyer really being any friend, friends with anyone except for Karis. Well, maybe they became friends afterwards. Could be. That was the impression I got, but that was just kind of me putting things together. Lee Cobb, by the way. Lee Cobb, thank you. Um, anyway, so the, these are very different representations of the characters, uh, particularly Father Dyer, who was very, I mean, he was pre- played by a real reverend, um, and he was a much more eccentric person 
than he was in the original Exorcist. Mm-hmm. Um, much more, what's the word, cynical, I guess. Yeah. Um, and maybe that like, this is set 15 years after the death of Father Karras. So it's very likely that maybe he started to kind of lose his faith a bit. Could be. And or, Yeah, I don't know, something like that. Um, but George C. Scott played the the the, the role of Kinderman much differently than uh, Lee Cobb did. You think so? I thought so. Yeah, I didn't think it was that different. I mean, it's definitely different, noticeably different. But I I still think they're like as I watched that, both I, just fucking pigs. <laughs> <laughs> I found myself thinking, like you know, the the his uh, his demeanor. Well, maybe not his demeanor, but I don't know. This the stuff he says is, is similar. I I thought. In personality, yeah, maybe uh, different different impressions, I guess. Um. Anyway, so this is like I said, set fifteen years after the original. It also ignores, kind of like, completely ignores what happened in Exorcist Two. Like, okay, I was gonna ask you if this is like retconning part two. I don't know if it's even necessarily retconning. It just pretends it never even happened. Just completely ignores it. Does Reagan die in part two? think so it's been so long since i've seen it yeah same here um because in this they they talk about her dying right um so around the anniversary of father Karras's death um some strange copycat killings start happening they are very um like in detail similar to those of the gemini killer from 15 years ago who was actually executed on the night that Father Karras died. Or around then. Anyway. Um, and there were things, details leaked to the press that were completely false. To, as Kinderman says, to weed out all the nut jobs that were claiming to be the Gemini killer. But then somebody finally came forward, gave all the correct details of these murders, and they captured him and ultimately executed him and then his spirit went into a good guy's doll yes (laughs) his name was charles lee ray Ray. no um but he was played by brad dorf yes that's the joke um and so kinderman starts to notice a connection between the Gemini killer and um, Father Karras' death and a patient that is he's taken to a hospital I think he has some kind of uh, heart issues or, or something who um, are you talking about? Father Dyer sorry I guess I didn't oh. mention that um, is that I, did, I took a long pause there and I guess I lost track of what I was saying you were trying to find the name of some patient I was trying to find the name of the hospital, but I couldn't. Oh. Okay. Backtracking. <laughs> Kinderman notices the, the connection between Father Karras' death, Gemini's death, and, you know, the the um, uh, exorcism of Reagan, uh, and also this strange patient in the psychiatric ward of this hospital who, upon seeing him, Kinderman realizes... He is the spinning image of Damien Karras. Mm-hmm. And who is his doctor? Herschel. Herschel Green. Yeah. 
Which, by the way, a young Scott Walker totally looks like Matt Walsh. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Anyway, um, so Kinderman, he, this is much less of a straight horror than the original. Yeah, it's, it's almost like a crime procedural. But with obviously very strong supernatural overtones. Yes. Um, and I think that's probably why I love it so much. Yeah? You love crime procedurals? Well, I mean, I, I love the combination of there being just a straight, like, detective movie, but also combined with those elements of the, the of religion and, to a lesser extent, occult. Um, and, you know, demonic possession, that type of thing. Just the, that, that perfect weaving of it, I thought. Hmm. Um, and, you know, Kinderman's kind of slow discovery of it and making the connection between all of them. It's like you find out that when Father Karras died, essentially at the same time that Captain Howdy, or Pazuzu, was cast out... Pazuzu! Yes. Was cast out of Reagan and into him. You know, he fell down the stairs and, and was dying, so he was cast out. Around the same time, the Gemini killer was killed or was executed as a way of getting his vengeance on Father Karras. He puts the Gemini's spirit into his into Karras's body. See, now here's the thing that I didn't understand. If these demons or spirits or whatever they are can just possess a dead body or at least a dying body. Why didn't Pazuzu just stay there? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> a, a plot hole, I guess. I don't know. Just didn't didn't have time to waste. I guess. Well, I mean, because he uh, Gemini says that it it took fifteen years for him to like get Father Karras's brain back up to being functional. Right, because the uh, Doctor Temple, who's played by. Uh, Dr. Green. <laughs> Dr. Green. Um, he says that when he, he was found just wa- wandering the riverside. Yeah, had amnesia. And- um, yeah, he, he complete amnesia. His brain was just fried. So, yeah, over those 15 years, he started to build his consciousness back. He actually says, you know, it, it took took a great deal of energy for uh, my, my master, I think he's... Mm-hmm. My master to... Uh, pull me out of that cheap coffin. So referring to when Father Karras' funeral. So he actually was dead for a few Long days. Long enough for them to bury him. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, for him to, to get his way out of the coffin and then energy to actually start rebuilding the body. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, this was all done. It's basically a, a big fuck you to, to Karras. Because you've discovered Karis's mind and spirit is still in this body. It's just he's taking a back seat. You need to, to quit Gemini. with the hands, man. I'm Italian. What do you want? Um, and you're discovering over time that Gemini is actually 
sending his spirit out of Karis's body because he regularly see that you find that Karis is passing out mm-hmm. like he just goes completely unconscious he is sending the Gemini spirit out into hospital into the psychiatric ward and taking over the bodies of dementia patients and murdering other people in that body um and so I mean that it's all kind of very Jason goes to hell ish a little bit but I don't know a little less bad bad (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah I mean like the he has this MO which involves cutting like draining the blood no I guess that's not part of his MO but like he cuts off their index finger cuts off their index finger um, carves carves a Gemini Gemini sign into the palm and cuts off their cuts heads. Cuts off their head. Um, and... And only murders people whose name has a K. Right. Or s- begins with a K. Begins with a K. It could be their first, last, or even middle name, but it has to begin with a K. Right. And that's something that Gemini says uh, to Kinderman, is that I have no... Um, motive. Motive. Yeah. And, and that that's what made it so fun. It was like, I wasn't bound by a certain type like the only thing I kept constant was the K and like basically implying that could have been anyone yeah you guys would never would have caught on there was no pattern right um and yeah just some of the the instances of him being of him sending his spirit out into the bodies of you know mentally disabled people um, mostly senior citizens um, is is creepy because the the, the 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 gruesomeness of I mean this is not a, a gory movie no by any means um, I mean it has certain there's element. one scene in particular that's that's pretty pretty gross right at the end with the exorcism yeah which <laughs> I can't wait till we get to that there's a, something I want to say about that <laughs> okay um so I don't know I mean I, I guess that's enough explaining the story I, mean, I think I've explained most of the movie already <laughs> all right but so I, what are your thoughts um when father morning shows up to do the exorcism mm-hmm. they do like this it's it's almost like a dutch angle from underneath and it just looks like a fucking superhero shot <laughs> or like like I expect him to just be like groovy <laughs> yeah um, that was a very dramatic scene and like maybe a little too dramatic yeah I mean obviously it's a it's an intense thing it's a fucking exorcism but and that was an, uh, the fact that he just like shows up by himself doesn't tell anybody he's coming just <laughs> I mean, I yeah. guess he, uh, Kinderman does call him, but like you, you never hear the conversations. So you don't really know. Yeah, and that's a, like what seemed like he should have been such a uh, major influential character. Morning. Yeah, he just wasn't. Yeah, I mean, he shows up at the end, and that was like it. 
I mean, yeah. he's 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 in. I mean, there's somebody explains his, kind of his backstory that he attempted to do an exorcism in with the Philippines. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and his hair went stark white from it. It's like they talk about him the way that they talk about Father Karis or Father Marin in right. in the, the first one. Right. But then he just like shows up by himself and tries to do this exorcism and dies. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, ultimately, the, the exorcism doesn't even work. Yeah. Um, it was all surely the, purely the willpower of, uh, of Karis. Um, basically pushing his consciousness to the forefront long enough for Kinderman to put a few bullets in him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So let's compare this to the original. I mean, obviously the original is kind of untouchable. I mean, you'll, I mean you can't. Not if you ask Fox. Hmm? Not if you ask Fox. <laughs> I don't mean quite untouchable that way. I mean, um, as far as making a sequel that could even compare. Um, but weighing that against, weighing this against the original, where do you think it falls? I mean, do you think it's a, a worthy sequel? I do. Um, I do feel, though, that like the the first one doesn't need a sequel. It's not really a story that needs to continue to be told. Well, I mean, like I said, this is this is a book, right? Um, but no, I, I think I think it is um, worthy. The end, though, is just fucking bizarre. Yeah, because I mean, like Gemini is possessing Karis, but when Father Morning comes to exercise him, Pazuzu takes takes over again yeah and it's it was i thought it was so cool to have that that same voice that reagan had have I, that show up again the the guy who plays father karis is that his voice through like a modulator or something uh because at, at times it sounded like him well on occasion like even even doris voice was being altered right no i could tell that but so i mean i assume maybe both of them were yeah and that, that I, I can remember watching this when I was a kid and being so confused. <laughs> I could see why. Because I could not comprehend that it was Karis's body, but when it was Dorf, he was just speaking. It was just it was only Brad Dorf because it was supposed it was only, to be. It was only Brad Dorf to the audience. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I Kinderman mean, was still seeing Father Karis. Exactly, especially the part when he says, "You know, you look at me and what do you see?" And he says, "I see Damien Karis." Yeah. And even though it's Brad Dorf sitting there. <laughs> My girlfriend was like, why does his voice keep changing? I was like, because he's possessed. Yeah. Um, In time. That's one of the best parts of the original. Like, just that line. Just the way it's delivered is fucking terrifying. <laughs> when when she opens the drawer, he's like, do that again. In time. Mm. Oh, my God. Fuck you. He's like, I don't, I'm not doing this party tricks. <laughs> Um. Yeah, the end, and then he, like he he just sticks Kenderman up to the up against the wall and like a crucifix, and then lightning starts striking the floor, and then Father Karras comes out of the floor on a crucifix. It's like what is going on? <laughs> yeah, him and the 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 twelve year old boy from the beginning. Yeah, 
that was killed. It was, and that, that's what spurred this whole thing. That was the first killing. It was a 12-year-old boy named Tommy. I think so. Thomas. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry you died. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was such a dumb line. Uh, and apparently uh, Fabio and Patrick Ewing are angels. Right? Which makes heaven sound so fucking cool. When he was sitting there doing the tarot cards for Father... Uh, What's his name? Dyer. Dyer. And like, he looks up, and I was waiting for, what's up, Ryan? <laughs> 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 Apparently, he's the angel of death. Okay. Yeah, that's what he's in the credits as. Oh. How about Fabio? I, th- I think just angel. Okay. Was he angel? And Samuel L. Jackson. He was the blind guy. That's who that was. <gasps> I saw him... Um, like I was looking at something and it said, you know, starring George C. Scott, uh, blah, 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 Samuel Jackson. I'm like, wait, what? That, like I'd seen that dude. Like I'm like, I know that guy, but it was the hair and the beard and, and the glasses, the glasses yeah. were throwing me off. Um, it's a movie. So of course Samuel Jackson is in it. Sure. That must've been the start of it. No, coming to America. That was the start. Was it? Yeah. All right. I'll take your word for it. That's when he was in every movie all the time. Um, yeah. So. So you were saying the end is different in the book? Well, the exorcism isn't there. At all? Yeah. That oh. was actually put there by the studio. Like you, they, were, they were forced to put that in. That uh, fucking weird, bizarre ending. Yeah. It just shows why studios to just stop fucking with shit. Yeah, I mean, I think this was in a time before that started getting really bad. Well, yeah, I'm started sure. changing entire films. Um, but yeah, like, I guess like, I can only think of one movie where they changed the ending from the book and it was better. What's that? Fight Club. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess. Let's see. The execution style ending that Blatty pitched to the studio, which was in the shooting script and actually filmed, differs radically from the ending of both the novel and the first screenplay adaption developed from the novel. Uh, the novel ends with the Gemini killer summoning Kinderman to his cell for a final speech and then willingly dropping dead after his cruel and hated father, a Christian evangelist, dies a natural death from a heart attack. That seems anticlimactic. That seems very anticlimactic. <laughs> Um, and his dad's not in the movie at any point no. until then. Uh, as his motive for killing was always to shame his father. He does talk about that. Yeah. So I guess that would make sense. I always took that to be the father, like God. Oh. I mean, that's the impression I got. So, I mean, this. I didn't get that. I, like, literally took it as his father, but I could see that. Yeah. Um,. Uh, Gemini's reason for remaining on Earth no longer exists, and he kills Karis in order to leave his host's body. In Blatty's original screenplay adaption, the ending is similar to the novel, except that Gemini's death is not self-induced, but forced supernaturally, and suddenly by the death of his father. So, sounds pretty similar. Yeah. Just instead of offing himself, he just bursts into flames or something. Yeah. 
uh, in both the novel and early screenplay, the Gemini's motives for his motor murders are also given further context via a long series of flashbacks, which portray his and his brother's childhood and the relationship with their alcoholic, abusive father. So there's that. Um, apparently, uh, Blatty wanted to make a director's cut. Oh yeah. So like basically return his original concept to film. Um, but, uh, Morgan Creek, like, said, oh, well, all those scenes are gone. Like, we don't, we don't have those anymore. We just lost them? Yeah. But I guess, uh, it's funny that this Wikipedia article says, uh, in a surprise turn, it was announced that an extended cut or, you know, a director's cut or whatever was going to be released in October. Of this year? Yeah. <laughs> so, there's that. And that's why we're reviewing this. Is so you know just in time for the director's extended edition. Yeah, that was our plan all along. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's, that's the, the ticket. ticket. <laughs> so, um, like I said, I mean, this was much less of a just straight horror. Yeah. Than the original, um, which I didn't really have a huge problem with. Um, it it had its really creepy scary moments like part that scares me to this day like i i know it's fucking coming there's a part where the nurse is walking out of room that's two like everybody's room. favorite scene it's the best one like that's a scene that i think every, like if you see this movie once you remember that scene yeah but that white figure where like a so it looked like somebody like covered in like a curtain or something <laughs> um yeah it just charges out of that room after the nurse, but like right out of sight is when she uses those hedge clippers or whatever the fuck <laughs> they were. There's some kind of like mortician's tool. Yeah. Didn't really. And with the mortician, when he's showing it to Kinderman, he's like so cold about it. Yeah. He's just like showing him how they're spring loaded, and he's just like totally straight faced, just staring him in the eye as he does it. <laughs> I've just been like, okay, let's put that down now. <laughs> um, and you know, like I said, this movie obviously can't quite hold a candle to the original because the original is what it is. I mean, yeah, it's legendary. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I mean, it's not hard to beat the Heretic because that was fucking dog shit. But this is great. I love this movie. It was uh, good. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad I picked it because I haven't watched it in years and it was nice to watch it again yeah uh, and see that I still, still enjoy, enjoy it. it yeah and it, it's, it's always kind of that fear when you really enjoyed something as a kid you were just, that you'll watch it as an adult and it just won't hold up yeah exactly and you know the thing is is like watching this as a kid like I said I just a lot of things went over my head yeah I didn't even understand it but I feel like every time I watch it I understand a little bit more about it because it's, it's, there's a lot going on. It it does a very good job of keeping a pretty straight line. But there's, there's layers to the shit player. There Tiramisu. <laughs> Tiramisu. That's, that's the one. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, so uh, I think I'm ready for numbers if you are. Right, I think so. Okay. Well, uh, like I said, this movie's great. Um, it's it's, it's a very, very well done sequel to the original, um, especially when it was blasphemed by the second <laughs> one. Um, it's, it's 
Well, like when we re- we reviewed um, uh, Blair Witch versus Blair Witch Project. Yeah. It kind of undid the damage that the original yeah, sequel true. did. So, um, yeah, I think it's a great movie and apparently has really shitty ratings on really on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it has like a like a forty or fifty something percent audience rating, huh. which is shocking. But I love this movie. I'm going to give it an eight. All right. Um, I mean, I, I, I love The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. It's like one of my top movies of all time. Uh, so to, to try and be in that echelon is rare company. Uh, but I do think this is a, a worthy sequel. I like the, the throwbacks to the original. Mm-hmm. Like how they talk about, you know, the incidents with Reagan. They kind of tell you what happened to her. Um, and then also like when Pazuzu or the devil or whoever it is possesses Father Karras again, you get, like you said, the same voice and also the same eyes. Yeah. I, I loved that. Yeah. So it's a, it's a great touch. Um, the ending, like I think the ending is probably better than what you described. The, the alternate endings were the original endings. Although I think they went a little too far with it. Mm-hmm. The, the floor opening up and people crawling out, probably could have done without that yeah especially because it wasn't it would have been out of character for the movie for it to actually have been happening but the fact that it wasn't actually happening it's like what's the point yeah <laughs> and it wasn't like you had father Karras come out but it was like father Karras was already sitting right there so it didn't it was this weird yeah. thing and it wasn't like he crawled out and then you know repossessed his own body or anything nothing happened from it it didn't yeah. lead anywhere it was, I mean, it was essentially like basically hell wake or opening up right but it just didn't lead anywhere. Yeah. Um, that my my biggest complaints are with with the end, but I still think I do like the exorcism scene, and uh, it's it's definitely not as good as the first one, but it's, it's streets ahead of the heretic, and uh, I'll give it a I'll give it a seven. All right. So uh, up next, we'll talk about the original. 1976, The Omen. For generations, the Thorns have been a family of tremendous wealth, position, and power. The perfect marriage of Ambassador Robert Thorne and his wife, Catherine, was fulfilled by the birth of their son, Damien. And then, when the child was five years old, something terrible happened. Then it happened again. Was it an accident? Was it murder? Was it a coincidence? Or was it an omen? Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. 20th Century Fox presents a film of psychological suspense about an occurrence of earth-shaking importance. Gregory Peck, Lee Remick, The Omen. I was at the hospital, Mr. Thorne, the night your son was born. I saw its mother. I saw its mother. I have fears. I have fears. Got fears. Its mother, Mr. Thorne. You saw my wife. Its mother. What is it you're trying to say? His mother was a This is not a human child. Make no mistake. 
there are those who will die for him. There are those who will kill for him. Who is he? What does he want? Where did he come from? And can he be stopped? Gregory Peck. Lee Remick. The Omen. This is the truth. Where does it end? Not the Duty Kaka 2006 Julia Stiles version. <laughs> See, I, so something I considered doing was saying one of us should watch the original and one of us should watch the remake and try to talk about it. Because honestly, I thought the remake was almost dead nuts the same as the original. Really? Yeah. God, I honestly don't remember anything about the remake, except not liking it. Because of Julia Stiles? Probably. Yeah, that's enough. Wait, Lee Schreiber was in it? See, I don't remember anything about this fucking movie. Yeah, he played... Uh, um, he played Gregory Thorn. Peck? Yeah. God, maybe I need to watch that again, but I don't think I want to. <laughs> um, Come on, you guys know what the fucking Omen is about. What, do I need to do this? It's the fucking Omen. It's Damien. It's Damien Thorne. He's the son of the devil, and he fucks shit the up. The devil. He fucks shit up. That's about it. Good, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Gregory Peck plays uh, Thorne. What's his first name? Robert. Robert Thorne. Bobby. Bobby Thorne. Bobby Thorne. And he is the ambassador to the United Kingdom. And uh, (laughs) the movie starts off with him in a hospital. And you find out that his baby has been stillborn. Do they say? I guess they don't say it was stillborn, but it dies. Yeah. And then this priest just goes, eh, take that one. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's seriously how it goes. They were, they, things, do, things work weird in Rome. They They're like, well, they this one's mother died, so do you want that? <laughs> we got this used model over here. <laughs> and he's like, eh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> just don't tell my wife. Yeah. That's the thing is he doesn't fucking tell her. He's like, here's your baby that you just had. Enjoy. That's fucked up. <laughs> so, and he's born on June 6th at 6 a.m. Uh, uh, get it? That's my dad's birthday. He's the devil. Your dad's probably the son of the devil. He's probably. You're the probably devil. the grandson of the devil. Yeah. Grandson. If your dad is the son of the devil... That would make you the grandson of the devil. Oh, okay, right, yeah. I can explain this slower if you need me to. Fuck you. <laughs> Except this is 1976. My dad was born on June 6, 1960. Mm, that's too many sixes. Six, six, six. Was he born at 6 a.m.? I don't know. Probably Because then that would be too many sixes. Be too many sixes. Yeah. <laughs> they they, oh, they uh, cancel each other out. Right. <laughs> The sequel, though, did come out 6606, which, which was a nice nice touch. Yeah. Yeah, it did. I think but, we actually saw it on my dad's birthday, if I remember right. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, so, Damien, do they say how old he is when shit starts? Is he six? I'm just imagining he's probably six. Well, it uh, jumps ahead five years, so presumably okay, so five. Five. Should have made it six. But uh, shit just starts going, going sideways. 
and there's not a lot of explanation for any of it but like the nanny offs herself in one of the best scenes in fucking cinema history yeah if you've seen the if you, if you know this movie you know this scene it's like, all for you damien yeah oh so good they even reused- wish that was julia styles doing that <laughs> i would watch that they even reused that like in that i really have nothing against julia styles i don't know why i, I hate her stupid her. flat face it pisses <laughs> me off she looks like she got hit in a like you know in cartoons when somebody gets hit in the face with a frying pan that's what she looks like <laughs> fuck her I don't really have anything against her. It's just one of those things, though, where it's like you hear they're remaking one of your favorite movies and then they cast an actor that doesn't make any sense for being in that movie. It's like, oh, yeah, we're going to remake. I don't, I don't know. Give me a classic. We're going to remake The Exorcist. We're going to make Batman. With, with Freddie Prince Jr. You're like, what? No. Why is he in that? <laughs> <laughs> or it's like when they're going to recast Batman and they pick Ben Affleck. <laughs> yeah. It's like that. It's like, no. That, it's like that. Except no, except you already hated Ben Affleck. Yeah, I know. So I'm saying it's it's <laughs> it's like if they cast an actor that you didn't really have an opinion of, oh. but he just didn't make sense as Batman. Right. Okay. I got you. I follow. Okay. I follow. Um, so then they send this new nanny, who's clearly like some kind of demon or something, some kind of gatekeeper or She's, some kind. There's like a. It's described as like basically just like. Uh, apostles of yeah she knows what Damien is and she's she's on board right she's on team Damien and so then Thorne decides he's going to go back to Rome and he's going to try and figure out what happened with his baby why Damien is fucked up and uh, shit's all fucked up (laughs) shit's all fucked up (laughs) <laughs> um, and he ends up going to a cemetery breaking into some graves desecrating some tombs that's what we all do <laughs> sometimes you just gotta do that uh, finding out that Damien's mother was a dog <laughs> it's a jackal actually it's a jackal <laughs> go to voters no jackal uh, <laughs> go to sleep Michael there's no jackal <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> and then he finds out that his own baby was like stabbed in the head or something. Because uh, they open it up and there's a giant hole in the skull. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that was like just supposed to be like an undeveloped baby skull. But, but then he started freaking out. He was like, they killed it. Yeah, they definitely killed the baby. How? I don't know. Yeah. And then him and this photographer friend of his. Get, David Warren. They, they get attacked. I don't know. David, David Warner, sorry, not Warren. And, and his sideburns. They get attacked by Rottweilers. And then he goes and opens up a waxwork. <laughs> yep. <laughs> sorry. And then, uh, then Gregory Peck goes and has another kid and kills mockingbirds or something. I don't know. <laughs> so Boo Radley is in there somehow. <laughs> I don't know what happens. <laughs> Every time I s- watch this movie or really anything with Gregory Peck, I just think of Family Guy, where Gregory Peck is driving in a car with three other Gregory Pecks in the backseat. <laughs> They're all fighting. It's like, he's touching me. He's sitting on my side. It's like, quiet down there, back there, or I'll hit you with my ring hand. <laughs> 
That's so the way Gregory Peck talks. Though. I know. It's, he's so straight-laced. <laughs> That's also one of my favorite threats. <laughs> hit you with my ring hand? Yeah. <laughs> I tell my wife that all the time. How's that go? <laughs> she knows I'm joking. <laughs> uh, and then uh, this some shit happens. Then, yeah, some fucking shit happens. This priest tells him, or is he, is he a priest? The guy who tells him that he has to kill Damien? The guy, the crazy guy that gets... The guy, the guy with the knives. Oh, he's like an archaeologist, I think. Is that what he is? Yeah. He basically says, stab him in the heart with this, and then make a cross with all these other ones he's in like, his face. Yeah, take these. Like, this one goes in his chest. This one goes in his face. Mm-hmm. This one goes in this his... This one goes in his dick. His butt. His butt. <laughs> <laughs> no way, this one goes in his butt. <laughs> How have we made two two idiocracy references about a, during a movie that has nothing to do with it? In the fucking omen of all movies. Um, oh fuck! And then he can't do it because it's his boy, even though it's not his boy. And well, then he, he tries. Oh, when he throws him away, he's like, "I can't do it." Yeah. <laughs> and then. Uh, was it David Wardner? Wardner? <laughs> Is that not right? Warner. Oh. <laughs> Sounds like you said Wardner the first time. Nope. He gets depacketated with a sheet of glass. A sheet of glass. That's awesome. <laughs> like, I, I have to watch the remake again. I, I can't remember exactly how they did that, but like even for the 70s, that was cool. <laughs> the best part is his head just flipping. Yeah. Yeah, then uh, Thorne... Goes to kill Damien, drags him into a church, which of course just like freaks him out. Yeah, um, yeah, because earlier in the movie he like they try to go to a wedding. Yeah, and he, he loses like, his shit. He, yeah, he gets like violent when they try to take him in. Which like it just made me think of the Babadook. Yeah, I wonder if that was any kind of inspiration. I don't know, but screaming kids are annoying. Yeah, they are. They're the worst. Makes me want to stab him. Yeah. My wife and I agreed that if we ever happen to have a kid that screams all the time, he's never going out in public. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then Thorin, he he tries to kill him. He ends up getting shot. And yeah. then at the end, they you see these side-by-side caskets, and you kind of think, it kind of leads you to think that uh, he did kill Damien. But then, nope, he didn't. Damien's with the president now. Yeah, and that actually leads into the sequels, um, because he kind of grows up as the president's son. House of the Omen. Right. It's a House of Reanimator joke, sorry. It's bad. Not good. <laughs> um, yeah. And that was a big th- part of the like the prophecy, was that he would, he would come into the world of politics. Right, and yeah, I mean, that's... The, the thing, like, I, I can't remember the actual scripture, but I'm talking about the, uh, the the Great Sea, I think it was. They said the Great Sea was politics, or the Eternal Sea. Oh, maybe I don't know. I was like, it, it, I'm pretty sure the scripture t- referring to the Antichrist actually says, like, you know, he'll he'll come with the face of an angel, um, but he has like bad intentions, and it, you know. Basically implying that the Antichrist will appear like your best friend, you know, somebody that wants to help you and save you, but really is out to destroy the world. Yeah. 
Um, and then the end, it steals a lyric from Iron Maiden. <laughs> What's that? The uh, number, uh, the scripture about. Uh, oh, the when it shows up the on the screen and says something yeah. about the number of the beast. Yeah. Yeah, they stole that from Iron Maiden. <laughs> Definitely not the other way around. <laughs> stole it from Iron Maiden about, you know, almost 10 years before the song was written. Those um, bastards. <laughs> pre-copyright infringement um one of the uh, the second doctor who was in this oh yeah yeah who was he he was the crazy priest that was trying to get thorn to listen to him oh the one who got fucking lanced lanced yeah yeah i couldn't i couldn't place him at first i'm like i know that guy but i can't think of why and he was talking with like seemed like maybe a scottish or maybe welsh accent i don't know I don't know, but, um, <clears throat> and he's, you know, so much older, probably about, well, probably around 10 years older, I guess. It's just hard to place him. That scene was a little ridiculous. When he gets spiked? Yeah. Because it's like, he tells Thorn what he needs to do, and then all of a sudden, like, lightning starts striking, and he's, like, running around like a crazy person. And lightning strikes the church and the thing falls on him. It's like, if the devil has these powers to just, like, start lightning storms whenever, does he really need a human vessel? (laughs) Well, it's been foretold. Oh, well, if it's been foretold. You can't go against uh, prophecy, Taylor. you got to (coughs) follow. There are guidelines. There are rules. It is the prophecy (laughs) starring Christopher Walken. I almost picked that. Really? Yep. I almost picked uh, Prince of Darkness. I almost picked that too, but I went with, the, with Exorcist. Anyway. Anyway. What did you think of the uh, the sequels? Did you see any of them? Um, I have before. It's been a really long time. I don't really remember much about them. I know Sam Neill played them in one of them. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I think it was maybe the last one. I'd watch that. I like Sam Neill. It was weird because he was so young. He was, I mean, looked like a kid, basically. Um, I think he's in college. Was it the third one? Hmm? They usually go to college in the third one. <laughs> like the ghoulies. Right. Why do people like the ghoulies? I don't know. Why do people like critters? I don't know. <laughs> They're such bad movies, all of them. I don't. I don't understand it. Next year, should we have, like, week of the pint-sized monster things? <laughs> yeah, that's a list. We got a list going. Yeah. If you have any suggestions, hit us up. Kevin wants us to do week of the Sasquatch. I'll bet he does. Because he wants to be on it. <laughs> he thinks he heard a Sasquatch at his house the other day. Probably didn't. <laughs> probably, probably didn't hear it. <laughs> he said he heard some kind of, like, screeching noise, and then his dog started going crazy, and then they went and hid, and he went went on the internet and found like a video of the, uh, uh, what is allegedly a screeching Sasquatch and said it sounded just like it. It doesn't went at you, right? Yeah. I'm going to say it was probably an owl. <laughs> I hope he's listening right now. <laughs> I'm calling you out, Kevin. Um. 
So I gotta say, the Omen is heralded as like one of like the scariest movies of all time. I, I don't see it. See, I I don't get that either. Like this and the original Exorcist. I the ex- Exorcist, I get. I just, I mean, maybe it's just a different time. I don't know. But I mean, like you know, even my dad, he said that he remembers seeing that in the theater and being scared shitless. Exorcist. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't know if he's ever talked to me about the Omen or not, but yeah, I guess just different times. I mean, like, yeah, I've got a, I, I've got a different idea at my age of what's scary than he did, and you know, I guess that corresponds because this came out when he was sixteen, I guess, and I would have, uh, I, I mean, like I, I had a. Even at 16, I wouldn't have thought this was scary. I just think, like, as the Antichrist, he doesn't really do anything. It's true. Like, he kind of mind controls the girl to commit suicide, I guess. And then he rides his bike into this chair that his mom's standing on and knocks her off the balcony. Right. Well, I mean, the movie's not but so any, much... But any shithead little kid will do that. It's not, This movie's not so much about him being or becoming the Antichrist... This movie's more about. I mean, that's 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 more what the sequels are about. Um, and as sequels go, they get progressively less good. <laughs> um, but this one is more about stopping the Antichrist before he can become the Antichrist. So, yeah, I mean, he doesn't really do anything satanic, but he's a child. So, yeah. But I don't know. I. It's- I mean, I'm not saying that is like in a bad way. It's just I don't get what makes this movie scary to people. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe if I had a kid, I would get it more. <laughs> well, I think this was maybe a time when, like, um, when re- re- religious horrors were just really popular. I mean, like it was it was a big thing. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's just because I'm not religious. I, it doesn't. Maybe I mean. I feel like, uh, you know, possession and demons, um, jackals, jackals, (laughs) and, you know, things, things of that, satanic things were, uh, new to the secular world. Um, and maybe even the non-secular world, um, just exposing people to these things that have, um, you know, been prophesized for centuries um or you know even millions of years yeah well no not millions centuries let's stick with that (laughs) um millennia yes um and i think like around this time like the the church of uh, the satanic church was getting popular um you know a lot of biker gangs were satanists um it was just this, that time, I guess, when when this type of thing was becoming very real to like the world, uh, and it was scaring people. I, I think that so. had a lot to do with it. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, so I mean, that, that's why I say like different times and different different strokes, basically. Yeah. Um, just we don't relate to that as well, I guess. I suppose. Anyway. Anything else? Um. So you said the remake is basically just like beat for beat? From what I remember, yeah. Like, I mean, I I didn't actually compare the two, but 
Styles plays the mom, right? Yeah. And yeah, it's like almost identical. I mean, I, I remember that being a big thing when it came out. Like people were like, "Why did you make this? It's practically the same movie." <laughs> huh? God, I really don't remember anything about it, which shows you how good it was. <laughs> yeah, uh, like it's it's been forever since I've seen it. See, I remember that being the big complaint with Psycho. Yeah, and I didn't. If you're gonna make a remake, I think it's important to stay true to the original. Making it beat for beat is lazy unless you unless you're doing it on purpose unless you purposely want to make. The well, same and there's got to be there's there needs to be a reason. Like Psycho is about you know this guy and he lives in this house and he sneaks down to the hotel and he kills this lady. There's nothing to to up there. Like there's you know I guess you could show the shower scene if you want and make it you know bloodier. But it's not like you're. You need to like make it into modern times or make the special effects bigger. There's there's nothing to do there. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's the case with a lot of remakes, especially now because that's all fucking Hollywood does anymore. Yeah. Um. It's there's there's so many pointless remakes. Um. And you know even even changing it there's no point. Yeah. Like I said before, Evil Dead is like, it's it's the perfect movie that maybe not perfect, but it's it's a great movie for them to remake although the remake i i enjoy the remake but it's it's so different that i i would still rather see like a beat for beat remake of evil dead but with better special effects yeah i can see that that's the to me that's the reason why you remake it is because you want better special effects or you want to bring it into the current time but you don't just change everything that's not a fucking remake that's that's a it's a sequel that you don't want to call a sequel. Right. I don't know. But fucking Hollywood, man. Fucking Hollywood. And then the show tanked. Yeah, Damien. Um, Which I heard really good things about it. It wasn't bad. I mean, it wasn't the greatest thing, but I've seen worse. Um, I just couldn't get an audience. I guess probably I heard really good things because I follow the Damien Twitter account, and they're not gonna like retweet people who are like this. This show sucks and sucks. Oh sure, yeah, and I, like I said, I think it probably got a hard time getting an audience because people didn't want to see it. Like I, <laughs> I was. That's usually how it works. Well, like I can speak for myself when I said like I heard they're making a show about Damien as an adult, and like my first inclination was to be like, oh fuck that, that's stupid. But I mean, then I watched it. I, mean, well, I watched it mainly for the show, so I knew what was going on. And I could talk about it, and it wasn't awful. I mean, the, the time line was a little weird because he was supposed to be thirty, but if he was born in nineteen seventy-six, he'd be forty. He'd be forty. Or if you want to place it five years before that, he'd be 45. Oh, yeah. So something just didn't add up there. But, I mean, it was a direct continuation of this movie. Hmm. It wasn't like... I can't think of an example, but it wasn't like it was uh, creating a different instance of the same story. It was actually the film story. What? Bates Motel? Yes. Um, Anyway... So, I don't know. I mean, I feel like we kind of sat here and shat on it a bit, but I I don't <laughs> dislike this movie by any means. 
No, um, no. I mean, like it's it's, it's, it's a classic for a reason. Yeah. You know, it, it's a great movie, but it's not scary. No, it's really not. It's 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 creepy at best. At points. Um. It's it's. But I mean, by today's standards, the the acting's really hokey. Yeah. Um, and that was just. I don't, I don't fully understand why people did it like why why people acted like that back then <laughs> I mean even in a, in movies I mean this was fucking at least nominated for an Oscar I'm pretty sure I don't know horror doesn't tend to get award recognition very often yeah, it got earned two academy award nominations and one for best original score I don't know. I don't know what the other one was for, but uh, best music, best music and best score. Yep, Isn't the same thing. I would think, but I don't know. Okay, but I mean, yeah, this is uh, it's one of the highest grossing films of the year. It's on. It's consistently on like hundred scariest movies. See, I, I don't get it. I don't know. It's not bad, but it's not scary. I think a lot of people are judging. Like I said, people from, you know, people that saw it in the theaters are judging on that. It's like, I, oh, yeah, I remember when I saw it in the theater. I was scared to death. Yeah. But it's like, okay, well, compare it to, you know, possession films now versus that one. Yeah. Or, and, and, not possession, but Antichrist satanic films now compared to that. And which one's more terrifying? Yeah. Um, anyway, but it, yeah, no. The, even though we, yeah, you. Oh, God damn, I keep talking over myself. Even though you said, yeah, it seems like we're kind of shitting on it. It's it's really a great movie. It's really well done, real well directed. Richard Donner is a fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he he's done like some of my favorite favorite movies. <laughs> and this little kid is creepy as shit. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, Maybe that's what scared everybody. It's just a creepy little kid. <laughs> creepy little kids are the worst. <laughs> They're creepy. Yeah. To say the least. <laughs> so, what do you got numbers-wise? Um, I think we'll give this a seven. Okay. It's You know, with these older movies, it's it's so hard to judge... Because it's, you know, most of the time, most movies we review, we're reviewing it on one watch. Yeah. Whereas these ones we've seen three or four or more times, and plus they're classics. So yeah. It's like, how much does that weigh, you know, how much does its reputation See, affect I, your score? I'm trying to ignore that completely. That's the thing, is you can try, but, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll say seven, too. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, like, a lot of people are probably listening to this and saying, oh, I, who the fuck do you think they are? Especially me, like giving Exorcist three and eight, and this <laughs> a seven. So, but you know, it's like I'm trying to ignore legacy, basically, and just trying to judge it, judge it purely on its today's value. Yeah, not the value of what it was when it was in the theater. Right. You know, uh, you know, Exorcist three came out in 1990. This came out in 1976. So we're we're talking a movie that's older than we are. Yeah. And, you know, we're trying to be 
Critical? Critical. Thank you. Anyway. And that's, you know, we're amateur, but we are being critics. Right. So fuck it. <laughs> anyway, um, so I guess that's going to do it for us. Yep. Uh, I guess we didn't really say at the beginning this was a mini so so surprise. <laughs> Where's um, horror business? <laughs> Uh, we'll be back next week with Halloween or Halloween episode. Halloween. Um, where we're hopefully going to be watching. I don't remember. Actually, I don't think you've picked one yet. Oh, you're right. <laughs> because I had 31. Mm-hmm. And I moved it and I haven't put another one in there yet. Okay. Well, I'm going to figure something out. <laughs> Yours is WNF. WNUF. WHUF. Halloween special or WNUF that was WNUF it's four letters Halloween special right um, and then something that I and a picked. movie of Tony's choice yeah that we don't know yet it'll be a surprise for everyone <laughs> till then uh, check us out on our websites Taylor uh, graveplotpodcast.com also on Twitter Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to the show and leave us a rating on iTunes Stitcher or Google Play and we appreciate you for that mm-hmm Oh, we forgot to say our, our Patreon patrons. Oh, right. <laughs> Sorry. Like That's, I said, we're recording this way in advance and just we already... Plus it's the mini-sodes. We, like we usually do it before horror business and we jump straight into the reviews. So. Right. So, But thank you to Max Zaleski, Cryptic... Skeptical Skept- Crypto. God damn it. I knew I was going to screw that up. Uh, and Kevin Nesgoda. Um, make sure if you would like to support our show, hit us up on Patreon and toss us a little cash. Goes a long way. Indeed. So, uh, until next week with our creepy Halloween episode. Stop doing that right now. Okay. <laughs> I'm Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. <laughs> <laughs>